Shall I then say that I longed, with an earnest and consuming desire, for the moment of Morella's decease? I did. But the fragile spirit clung to its tenement of clay for many days, for many weeks, and irksome months, until my tortured nerves obtained the mastery over my mind, and I grew furious through delay, and with the heart of a fiend, cursed the days and the hours and the bitter moments, which seemed to lengthen and lengthen as her gentle life declined, like shadows in the dying of the day. But one autumnal evening, when the winds lay still in heaven, Morella called me to her bedside. There was a dim mist over all the earth, and a warm glow upon the waters, and amid the rich October leaves of the forest, a rainbow from the firmament had surely fallen. It is a day of days, she said as I approached. A day of all days, either to live or die. It is a fair day for the sons of earth and life. Ah, more fair for the daughters of heaven and death. I kissed her forehead, and she continued. I am dying, yet shall I live. Morella. The days have never been when thou couldst love me, but her whom in life thou didst abhor, in death thou shalt adore. Morella. I repeat, I am dying, but within me is a pledge of that affection, ah, how little, which thou didst feel for me, Morella. And when my spirit departs, shall the child live, thy child and mine, Morella's. But thy days shall be days of sorrow, that sorrow which is the most lasting of impressions, as the cypress is the most enduring of trees. For the hours of thy happiness are over, and joy is not gathered twice in a life, as the roses of pestum twice in a year. Thou shalt no longer, then, play the tian with time, but being ignorant of the myrtle and the vine, thou shalt bear about with thee thy shroud on the earth, as do the Muslimen at Mecca. Morella, I cried, Morella, how knowest thou this? But she turned away her face upon the pillow, and a slight tremor coming over her limbs, she thus died, and I heard her voice no more. Yet, as she had foretold, her child, to which in dying she had given birth, which breathed not until a mother breathed no more, her child, a daughter, lived. And she grew strangely in nature and intellect, and was the perfect resemblance of her who had departed, and I loved her with a love more fervent than I had believed it possible to feel for any denizen of earth. But, ere long, the heaven of this pure affection became darkened, and gloom and horror and grief swept over it in clouds. I said the child grew strangely in stature and intelligence. Strange indeed was her rapid increase in bodily size, but terrible, oh terrible, were the tumultuous thoughts which crowded upon me while watching the development of her mental being. Could it be otherwise when I daily discovered in the conceptions of the child the adult powers and faculties of the woman? when the lessons of experience fell from the lips of infancy, and when the wisdom, or the passions of maturity, I found hourly gleaming from its full and speculative eye. When, I say, all this became evident to my appalled senses, when I could no longer hide it from my soul, nor throw it off from those perceptions 
which trembled to receive it, is it to be wondered at that suspicions of a nature fearful and exciting crept in upon my spirit, or that my thoughts fell back aghast upon the wild tales and thrilling theories of the entombed Morella. I snatched from the scrutiny of the world a being whom destiny compelled me to adore, and in the rigorous seclusion of my home watched with an agonizing anxiety over all which concerned the beloved.